Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back at it again at the world-famous Kansas City Soccer Dome. Eric will actually probably twist my arm if I don't say that going forward. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Thad? Uh, doing good. So uh, another edition of the Blue Turf. I don't really have a, a standard intro on any of these, do I? But that's okay. We are, like we said, at the, the world-famous world Kansas City Soccer Dome. Practice. They've, uh, they've come out and did some warm-ups. They're off doing some other stuff right now, probably practicing on a small field. I don't know why they would be practicing on a small field, but we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. A uh, couple games to talk about, a couple games uh, in the past, a couple games in the future, and a little bit of breaking news that I think we might be the first ones to, to get out there. We'll see how that goes. Well, I guess it depends on when you post this, huh? Exactly. I might have to rush to get this out there. All right. Uh, I texted you this weekend, and uh, my comment was, that was not how I thought those games would go. Totally didn't. We, we had talked about Eastern Conference consistency, where the home teams win, the road teams don't, and everything was flipped last weekend when it came to the Kansas City comments. All right, let, let's start with the negative. Baltimore came in. Um, Ended up winning that game, a little bit of a know, controversial call, a little bit of a people hated that call, but what did you get out of that game? First of all, I think Baltimore, their game plan was smart. They high-pressed Kansas City, didn't let Kansas City get into their game, and they really took advantage of the transition game. And so we talk about this a lot, not just – here on this podcast, but on air, Nick Vassos and I, about Kansas City being among the teams that wants to push forward, they want to score goals. Problem is, when you lose the ball, you're very susceptible to the counterattack. And, and if you get a chance to look at the highlights of, of the game, which are available on YouTube, you will see counterattack, counterattack opportunities there for Baltimore, and that made the difference. We can also talk about that that call that would have been a game-tying goal, which, which ultimately was the correct call, but there was some serious drama in terms of how that play unfolded. Want to go ahead and uh, let everybody in on that one? Sure. So the backstory is that uh, Nacho Flores, Comets midfielder slash defender, because he was playing defender, he's been playing defender recently, found out that his father had passed away earlier in the week. So there was a moment of silence before the game, and Comets were losing 5-4. to four. 
Baltimore puts the ball out of play, and Nacho plays a quick restart, give and go. He gets the pass in. He scores, falls onto the ground in his knees with his fingers pointed up in the air for his father, and his players, uh, teammates came over to embrace him. Then all of a sudden, everybody's looking because there's going to be a replay on this. And obviously the replay did not go well for the comments. Well, and it, and it was correct. So we were trying to figure out from, from the box what Baltimore was complaining about, and I thought they were complaining for a sixth attacker violation. That wasn't what it was. They were complaining for a quick restart. When you watch the replay, the ball was not set. It was still moving when, when Nacho made that, that first pass. Legitimate overturn call and really – difficult not only for Nacho but the Comets because that was a poetic moment yeah. and it got taken away and the Comets lost and then they had to head up to Milwaukee where they've been having challenges in recent years challenges historically and who would have thunk the Comets won I know uh, just go back to that ball still moving it, it it is the rule it is the correct call the sad part of it is that's probably happens 30% of the time that ball's rolling when somebody sets it down and they play it and it doesn't get challenged. It doesn't, it doesn't affect the play really. Uh, it's just sad that that happened for Nacho. Well, it, it's extremely sad that it happened for Nacho, but we, we talk a lot about video review here at that and the fans have asked for video review the players have asked for video review the coaches have asked for video review it's still a work in progress and sometimes it's not going to work in your benefit and so in, in that case for the comments it definitely didn't ultimately you do always want correct calls but it does suck when it goes against your team uh, all sorts of things are bad when they go against your team Thad obviously um all right, road trip after, uh, uh, I guess, emotional, dramatic loss there at home. Road trip, short turnaround, up to Milwaukee, tough place to play, like you said. And they come back with all three points. Well, a couple of things that they did. I had asked about this on Saturday in terms of their traveling roster, and they brought extra players up because they weren't sure who was going to be fit. And there were a few substitutions notice noticeably Jacob Garza getting his first minutes, and he got a fairly regular shift for the Comets. Didn't score, got a good shot on goal that Willie B saved, but the ability to rotate players on these back-to-back -back weekends is critical because not only are we getting to that point of the season where injuries are starting to pick up, but, but ultimately you want to start thinking ahead to the playoffs and having as healthy a roster as you can going into the playoffs. And so they made some changes. It paid off. I thought they looked better and more focused than Milwaukee did, and, and perhaps Milwaukee figured we're just going to show up and win, and that wasn't the case. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there, but it was a much better performance all the way around by the comments. So, so a couple things that stuck out to me. We saw Rion being Rion. Whether it's because we've now called him Marquez again, not sure if that was the case, but Alex Bradley had all sorts of challenges Ben Raymond, too, with that physical target forward. And, and Rion played the most complete Rion Marquez game that we've seen this year on Sunday. And he was holding the ball. He was turning. Everything that we've come to expect from him. And, and, and his game was, was terrific. And he got the one star of the game. So, wait, we're calling him by Marquez again? 
Oh, see, you weren't there Saturday night. You missed all this. Yes. So, so Nick Vasos and I come down to the field, and and Rion's like, guys, I gotta talk to you. My wife, my family, my friends, they like Marquez better, so I want to go back to Marquez. And so, not only did did we announce this on our our broadcast, but uh, Tom Wynn and Art Kramer had been listening to our broadcast, and then they they retold the story, and uh, he he looked terrific on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the, you're really the only announcers I listen to, and obviously I missed that part of it. But so, so there you are. But but if they can get complete games from him, complete games from Raggett, and then complete games from Junior, then all of a sudden you're starting to see, oh, we have enough goals to spread around up front and then sprinkle in the midfielders and the defenders. The trick, though, is how do you avoid – when things don't go well, when the shots aren't going in, like when William Banzela had 31 saves in Baltimore, how do you avoid being countered? And that's something that they have to work on, both from a tactics perspective and also from a roster perspective. Well, uh, I think we're going to touch on that in just a minute. Uh, but first, this coming weekend, two games, two uh, key games against the opponents that are right above them in the standings. Uh, Florida and Baltimore again, back to back to Baltimore, back to the smaller field. I know you're going to say that doesn't matter, but that's a change in how you play. Uh, like I said, they're practicing on the smaller field over there. I don't know if they're practicing for Baltimore or just doing a different drill over there because we can't see them. But uh, first up is that key game against Florida. Florida's been reeling, and it's not just because of – the Zach, the world famous, I should say, Zach Reggett interview that has gotten how many listens to on on this uh, podcast here, Dad? It's it's gotten uh, it's uh, I think it's our third highest pod of uh, of all time on our network. So and and people are still referring to it. So clearly, it, it wasn't it's still just climbing. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just Kansas City fans. It wasn't just Florida fans. There are people all over the league talking about that. And so. I'm not, not suggesting at all it was the podcast, but that whole situation has definitely had an impact on Florida. Injuries, definitely an impact. Yep. They miss Victor Perez. It, 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 they, they have some challenges right now. They went into Utica. They lost there in overtime. They were without Coach Clay Roberts, who was serving a one-game red card suspension. And now they find themselves having to go on the road here in Kansas City and at St. Louis this weekend with you look at first through fifth place really tightening up in in the east and a lot of pressure on florida to deliver and so what's going to be their game plan coming into kansas city because last time zach reggett had a hit quite a night five goals against them and so it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust but last time they were in st louis they lost in st louis too and so i think some challenges for them for kansas city Maybe Cable Dom Arena isn't as impregnable. Impregnable. Yeah, thank you. As they thought, but Dow, uh, excuse me, Baltimore found a way to beat them tactically here, and so Comets will adjust again. But then they have to think ahead to Baltimore, and so you have to take care of business at home, which they didn't do last weekend, and then pivot mentally there. But I, I think you can safely assume that based on where they're practicing today they're thinking ahead they know they have to take care of business saturday but they're thinking ahead to what do we do differently that's going to get us a different result 
in Baltimore, unlike the 9-2 loss we just experienced there not too long ago. They were high-pressed that game. I know they're, they're working on ball control here and passing here. That's about as far as I can go. But, but ultimately, tactically, they have to figure out what are we going to do differently that doesn't create those odd man situations that Baltimore leveraged. They had a bunch of wide-open goals. They did. They did. In, in both games, actually. Not only in Baltimore, but they had a bunch of wide-open goals here in Kansas City, too. Yeah, they, they might need to, to flip that script against Baltimore and play a much more defensive game, not as high press. But we will have to see how they how Coach Leo and uh, Stefan and the rest of the staff decide to do it. We will have to see. What they have going for them is one of the best power play units in the league. And, so, and their penalty kill has been really good this year, I, I think. So maybe the game looks differently on Sunday. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see. But but as we said last time they went into Baltimore, even getting a point would be a victory. And at this juncture of the season, every point you get on the road is critical. That Milwaukee game was huge based on what had happened the night before against Baltimore. Looking ahead, they need three points against Florida and whatever they can get against Baltimore. All right, one of the... Um I'll say one of the weaknesses the Comets have had this year has been defense off and on. Uh, it's been at times good, at times not very good. I do think that we could probably go uh, segue into one of our our news now. What do you think? Well, you want to release the news? Uh, the Comets have signed a an additional defender, uh, a name that a lot of uh, people will recognize at least, uh, Debray Holloman. He was with Tacoma for the last three or four years and a pretty solid defender. Uh, can add a little bit going forward, has some speed, uh, a little bit of bite. Uh, he's a guy I liked when I watched him. He was here in like preseason when they were stacked and they didn't couldn't sign him, and he ended up in Tacoma. So he was uh, released by Tacoma, and he should be announced today, today being Thursday. The, the roster deadline. Well, actually, the trade deadline said a roster freeze is coming up, but we can talk about that, too. Um, but anyway, they should announce that. Uh, what do you think of that move? So one of the – obviously, I like that move. One of the, the challenges the Comets have faced since James Togba got hurt and hasn't come back is somebody with pace in the back, somebody with closing speed in the back. And you look at in this league at, at matches or mismatches, and so – I can't tell you how many times this year the Comets have taken a, a two-minute penalty, a shootout, whatever, because their last defender got beat, and it's easier just to grab somebody's shirt than to, than to try to, to chase them down. Togba provided that for the Comets, somebody who would have closing speed and would, in an odd man situation, would provide some support in front of Nicolau Neto. Debray coming in, it gives some options. That's not to say that they're going to radically change how they set up their lines on defense, but it gives them some options now that they didn't have. It absolutely brings some fresh legs into the rotation where you don't have to have four defenders playing every other shift for the whole 60 minutes. And so this was, for me, a critical signing at this point because ultimately in the playoffs, it's a long season, tired legs, not so good things can happen. In a situation like that, Debray Holloman gives them one more cog there on defense and a critical piece 
in all sorts of aspects of the game. And and at least a little bit of speed. I don't know that he's Togba fast, but I believe he's. Uh, well, I'm a, I don't want to point out anybody in the comments and say he's faster than them, but yeah, okay, a couple of them. So, and and this has been a, a challenge for them, it, noticeably because we've seen St. Louis a lot this year. Noticeably against St. Louis, who have multiple players who can counterattack you, or their their first step off the ball is 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 terrific. This is absolutely going to help moving forward in the playoffs. How does this change their philosophy going into the playoffs? How does this change their overall chances in the playoffs? We'll see. The, uh, comments are uh, comments are coming back from the other little practice area now, so getting a little another look at them. Um, do you wonder about Steven Tukeski? Yeah, it was really unfortunate for him. So yeah. let's walk back. We didn't talk about goalkeeping, which is kind of ironic that we didn't really talk about goalkeeping. So Nicolau Neto picked up a blue card in that Baltimore game and hit the suspension level. So he had to sit out the Sunday game in in Milwaukee. And so Comets have to dress two goalkeepers. Steven Tekeski gets the start. Relatively recently signed Tito Favela was the backup. Steven Tekeski fractures his thumb in the first half. Tito comes in and Tito earns the win. And I, I didn't say get the win, he earned the win. Came up big, made a shootout save. And uh, yeah, I do talk a lot about goalkeeping, yeah. and you see in situations like that why goalkeeping is critical. And uh, I, I was really surprised you didn't bring that up earlier, so I had to kind of segue back into it. Appreciate the, uh, that. Yeah, I, I think Tito gave up a couple goals there like pretty quickly, but he they pretty much rallied, and he played a really solid game. I mean, getting his first minutes for the Comets. Well, and they, they the league made it very clear this year that teams had to dress two goalkeepers in every game. Right. And so that did affect rosters in, in seeing teams carrying three goalkeepers. And, and the Comets have been carrying three goalkeepers in recent years. And so that wasn't really a big departure for them, but definitely a, a departure in terms of thinking, what do you do if your, your first goalkeeper is suspended, your second goalkeeper can't play, having a third option, third option who can get you a win that's that's a good situation to be in and in past years it's it's basically been playing six attacker the entire game that's right don't like when that happens love the six attacker but only in short bursts of time not for long periods of time uh well, let's say there was a game in mexico like three or four years ago they played the six attacker the entire game i, I don't remember who it was but it was pretty entertaining it's one way to play <laughs> it's uh aggressive if nothing else. All right. Uh, we, we talked about Debray. He, he'll come in. Um, I, I, I was looking at his stats recently, and he, it looks like he's only played about nine games this year, nine or ten games. I don't know if he's had a little injury or just not fit in. or. Haven't re I mean, part of the challenge with Tacoma, I, I've seen a few of their games, but the, the West Coast home games are a little bit late, yeah. so I haven't been tracking them too long. He has experience not only there but in the – Empire Strikers, before they were the yep. Empire Strikers. And so he has experience. He also has a father who played indoor soccer. And so that soccer IQ is an intangible that he brings to this franchise. Yeah, I, I remember watching him when he was playing with uh, Sporting Kansas City's Academy. The, I can't remember the, the Academy or the Juniors at that time. But anyway, I was watching him then. And he was a really good player. And like I said, I was a little disappointed he didn't actually sign for the Comets when he was in training camp a couple times. But, you know. It, 
But everything comes around, I guess. Here he is. All right. Let's see. Do we have anything else? We talked about the last games, the future games. Uh, no, I think we did. We'll, we'll talk next episode about the playoffs because, first of all, it's going to be clear. Second of all, the Comets are going to be heading in to that final stretch. After this weekend, they'll be down to two regular season games, and, and we'll have a better idea of, of where we think things are going to go. We'll talk about playoff scenarios, and I think we'll have a better idea of, of what faces the Comets. But, but ultimately, this weekend, fans need to be watching out for consistency, consistency, consistency. And, and if they play the way they're capable of playing, they'll set themselves up for a better position in the playoffs. Yeah, everything's so tight. The um, a couple wins and a couple of results go their way, and they could be as up into second or third. Uh, they could still drop to fifth. I really doubt they drop out of the playoff spots right now because St. Louis is pretty abysmal. But it's still feasible. It's still mathematically possible. I, so it, we won't say it's clinched yet. I, I think you definitely want to be at least a four because that – play-in game is going to be the, the fourth seed hosting the fifth seed so I would see that as the worst case scenario if if you're a Comet fan I mean, five, you'd love to be in the playoffs but you really don't want to be in a winner take all approach to advance but I think what the Comets showed is let's say Milwaukee winds up being the one seed and even if the Comets were to get it through a play-in game they know they can beat Milwaukee and Kansas City they know they can beat Milwaukee and Milwaukee, and so I think there would be some confidence going in that may be a little different than playing Baltimore, where they've had challenges there, and Florida, where they've had challenges winning at. So we'll see. It's still a little early to use a pen instead of pencil, but I think next week we'll have a better idea of how this should shape up. We should. All right. Um a couple of notes. Uh, one is we just talked about them picking up Debray. My understanding is there is a yet another player that's close. Uh, I can't give any details right now because it's not definite, and I don't want to spoil something by saying that. But there's a interesting, a very interesting player if it's who I think it is, uh, and I, I think you have an idea who it might be also. But again, we can't say that. But so the uh, trade deadline is this week it's actually today if my math is right but they'll have a roster freeze deadline coming up i want to say it's the last week of march and what's notable about that is this is your playoff roster with an exception that if you have a goalkeeper challenge you can bring in an emergency goalkeeper but ultimately we're getting to the point where we need to know who the who the comets are that would be representing this team, this city, in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's while it's never great to have to be changing your roster around a lot uh, right before the playoffs. The comets do need that a little bit of extra help, so it does make some sense. the The other thing I wanted to to bring up is because uh, people know we the Blue Testament. One of the writers on there is Mike Coon. He goes by uh, at down the byline on Twitter. He is. Uh, probably the premier stats geek for soccer not just indoor uh brian holland the professor as you guys call him is probably the indoor guy but mike is really into uh all stats at all things but he was doing some research and he wanted to just uh, we found it interesting when he was doing this he was breaking down scoring by quarter this year and well every year of the comments that's 
not just this year, every year of the Comets. But for this year, uh, in the first quarter, the Comets outscored their opponents 21-17. to 17. Second quarter was terrible. The Comets were outscored. Uh, they Comets scored 18. The opponents scored 33. So they were pretty much outscored almost double in the second quarter. Third was pretty good, 31 to 23 for the Comets, 41 to 34 in the fourth. Overtime, we both know that's not so good. They were outscored four to two there. If they'd have just, if they would have got those, that's what four more points. They would be in second, I think, in the conference. So, a, a couple things about that. With uh, the second quarter challenges, it feels like every game when I'm down on the field, I'm asking assistant coach Stefan Stokic, how are you going to adjust going in? And he never tells me what he's going to – of course he's not going to tell me. No. But it feels like they're doing a lot of coming from behind this year because of a second quarter lag. So that's something definitely to look at. The subject of Mike Hune, he also, in addition to giving you that stat – provided what will be the basis for the trivia question on our broadcast Saturday night. So we'll give him a shout-out, too, because he is a fountain of information yes. on all things soccer in Kansas City. Uh, just some more in that that vein is, um, let's see, they've only had two quarters with the worst goal differential in the team's history, the first quarter in the 17-18 season and the first quarter in the 19-20 season. So they started slow in those games. Uh, they've also... They haven't scored more than two goals in the second quarter all year. They've never ha- that's never happened in a any like uh, you know by quarter scoring in their entire history. So the second quarter is terrible. So we'll have to let Leo know he's got to do something different. You also do some math. You'll doing some quick math in my head. They score a lot more goals in the second half than they do in the first. And we go back to that Florida game, the first Florida game here where Reggae really caught on fire in the in the second half I think there's something to this I do think that they make adjustments at halftime and it's benefited them but is that a consistent game plan to, to always be coming back from behind no. especially going to the playoffs I think you'd you if you ask any coach in this league they'd rather be leading at halftime rather than trailing at halftime and, and it's interesting because the first quarter they're they're, uh, they're better than even. I mean, not spectacular, but they, they're winning that quarter. But it's that second quarter where everything kind of goes astray. And then they come back in the second half uh, consistently. Again, that's not every game, obviously. It's, you know, it's stats over the, the entire season. It, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. I don't know how that will change. But all right, anything else to add, Eric? Other than we hope to see a lot of Comets fans out on Saturday. And uh, the other thing we'll be able to talk about is the Comets 5K the morning of the Harrisburg game because there'll be an opportunity for fans to run in the 5K with me and then uh, come back to the 4 o'clock kickoff. Awesome. Uh, look forward to that. I'm not going to run in it. I'm done with those days. Uh, oh, how was the mascot game? Oh, how was the mascot game? Highlights. You have to absolutely see it. So Tony the Tiger took goalkeeper position. I wasn't going to kick Tony the Tiger out, so I I had to play defender. Let's just suffice it to say I chased down Casey Wolf and prevented him from scoring, which probably had an impact on younger fans in Kansas City who saw Casey Wolf get beaten by somebody. But uh, By a corndog, no less. By a corndog, no less. Um, our team won. Awesome. Comet the dog had a goal. Sir George, the mascot from Park University, had two. Three to one win. They were both uh, co-MVPs. It was a great night, other than the final score of the Baltimore-KC game. 
All right. I think we have uh, recapped everything we can possibly and previewed everything we can at the moment and broken news. We broke news, not broken. We broke news. We broke or we have broken, either way you want to look at it. Yeah. It's little bitty school in Missouri. That's where I went to. So grammar is not always the greatest. But we appreciate everybody listening, and we are out. <laughs>